As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. The big news of the week is that uh, some people didn't make the entry requirements into the USA for City's pre-season tour. Isn't that right, Sam Lee? Yeah, I still don't know why. (laughs) Maybe I'll get an email back during the course of this show and they can tell me if the 15 years of chronological order travel and all my passport numbers and all my phone numbers and email addresses and everything else that I can't remember now that I sent them. Let's see if that's enough to eventually get a visa to go back one day. You'll get, you'll get the visa just on the day, on the opening day of the season, that's what we get. The, the day that they kick off against Liverpool and the Community Shield, you'll get the visa come through. So, I yeah, don't, like, on, I don't like, it's, it's, yeah, I don't mind. It's a work visa. It'll be valid for five years. But when I saw the list of stuff I needed to send them to, after going down to London to have an interview and they went, oh yeah, send us this. I was like, oh, okay, weird. Got outside, <laughs> looked at it and I was like, Am I ever going to be allowed to go into America ever again? It's not really weird. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm not, not going on the tour. Not the end of the world. I've got plenty of stuff going on here. But, um, look, if I get it, then I'll be covered for the World Cup in four years, hopefully. So there we are. Exactly. I'll have to go through the whole process again. Yeah, and uh, Paul Bias is here as well. Paul, you didn't try and get into the US, did you? I did try. Yeah, actually. you did. And did, yeah, did, yeah, you, did yeah. you fail as well? Yeah, well, I got like <laughs> a kind of... A kind of permit to get in there, but um, we couldn't get to to change the name of the flight. Basically, that's what kept me a part of going to the US. Oh wow! Yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm the one that hasn't tried. Yeah, well, for yeah. whatever reason, they wouldn't change the name of my name to Paul's on the flights. Exactly. So what we what we've it. done instead is we've we've changed the, the flights altogether. So during the World Cup, I'm going to Argentina for ten days. All right, I thought I thought you were going to say you, you've changed City's pre-season tour and they're now going to do that in the UK. <laughs> well, you know what I should have done? In hindsight, I should have gone to um, Croatia for the under-23s oh, yeah. tour. Let me let me just look at... I need to get my WhatsApp message up to see the name of the place. It looks absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Novigrad. Oh, Novigrad. I reckon that's yeah. one of those names where people like in our part of Europe would think, okay, that's just going to be like some war zone in Russia. But <laughs> honestly, and, you, and you, you just never think of, of going there. But if you look at it, it looks like, part of it looks like it was probably used for Game of Thrones. Part of it looks like Lake Como. Part of it looks like just some amazing island they built from scratch in Dubai. It, it looks absolutely phenomenal. And if I'd had my wits about me, I'd have said, maybe I can go and do the under-23s for a week. Um, but I would, I would 
um, recommend at least Googling it. And if you can go, then, yeah, I guess please do. Yeah, why not? Instead, you get to bake your socks off here in the UK. Exactly. Here we are. You can read everything on The Athletic right now on City and more. Uh, just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod. You can sign up for £1 a month for six months. That's theathletic.com forward slash Man City pod. Um, we're going to talk about some outgoings for uh, today's show, guys. So um, let's start with uh, the the news of the week about uh, Alexander Zinchenko. Um I thought this was pretty much done and dusted, and I, I'm, I'm I'm genuinely quite sad about this. Um, Sam, is this is it going to happen this time? Yeah, I think so. Um, I had to do when when the story came out in again in the middle of last week. Um, there's an Arsenal fan who runs a, a YouTube show who often asks me to contribute, and obviously they're signing loads of City players now. So he asked me about this, and I was like, the first thing you should know is he might not actually go. I was like, he's been in this position a lot of times. Um, and City have kind of said, look, it's all going to go. Like, everyone listening to this podcast probably knows that. So I was like, look, it probably is going to happen, obviously. But just know that yeah, he's had a bit of a wobble in the past on these things. But yeah, um, on Friday, me and Paul were talking and I'd spoken to somebody and he was like, yeah, he's, he's definitely going to go. And I think they made arrangements for him leaving and all that internal stuff, that kind of thing. Um, and obviously he's, he's flown with the team to pre-season, but that's where Arsenal are anyway, in America. Yeah. yeah um, America. So, yeah, um, I know that there, there was a story this morning, wasn't there, by Martin Blackburn saying he's he's kind of thinking about it or making his mind up. Um, but I think it's I think it's pretty much sorted, to be honest. Um, I don't know, maybe that was an old version that got lost in some kind of time zone thing or something. Or may, may, maybe maybe he's right, and if so, then I'll, I'll doff my cap to that one. But as far as I know, yeah, he's... He's off. And then as as for what we think about it, I'm sure we can get into that. But as I've always said, as long as he wanted to stay, I'd have kept him forever. But obviously, he does want to go and play more regularly. So like the rest of them, if you're in that boat, good luck to him. Yeah. Paul, the, the, I, mean, I was going to ask what's what's changed this time? Because as far as I can tell, like there's been a couple of times where City have basically said, look, will you, will you just please leave? We've agreed everything with the, with another club and you know the, the transfer is ready to go. And he's gone, no, I want to stay here. But this time it feels like it's a bit different. Yeah, I think that basically what changed is that it's Arsenal. It's a better team probably than, and just not the respect to the other ones, but just a bigger team than the ones that have that had asked about him uh, on the previous years. Um, and basically because there's there's Mikel, there's Arteta in there who knows him perfectly. Um, I think that that Arsenal, he's going to find a place where he can operate as a fullback, but as a centre midfielder uh, as well, because they don't have like many players in there. So I think that he's going to get a much bigger role in a big six team, which have like a decent chance to make it to the Champions League. Um, and I think that, yeah, just like the pedigree of the team just made the difference for him. Yeah. Sam, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a strange situation. I, I, I said at the start of this uh, that I am genuinely quite sad about this, this transfer um, yeah. because I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. As long as he wants to stay, keep him around because he's been, he's been great. He's normally come into the team at the end of this. Of, each season he's, he's been asked to leave or, or each season they tried to get rid of him. He's, he's ended up first choice left back. Getting Didn't better, happen yeah. last season, last season though, did it? No, um, if you looked like if you just simply look at transfer marked for like the pattern of his game time, he played like four or five games over Christmas or like December time, and then four or five at the end when Cancelo moved over to right back when Walker was injured. So if you if you're thinking about it from that point of view, you can see why he would want to go and play more because I suppose because I suppose from our point of view as onlookers, 
you see a team without Zinchenko in and you think, okay, fine, because, you know, Cancelo's playing and that's what everyone would hope and expect. He's playing left back, Walker's playing right back, don't think anything more to it. But, you know, without noticing, you go through, I don't know, 75, 80% of City's games and he's not playing. Because, you know, we know in the forward line, if it's going to be Jesus or Sterling or whatever, you know, you're always kind of expecting rotation, but at the back, you're not. But obviously for him, he's thinking, I'm just missing so many games here. Um, and yeah, in, in the past, you know, they tried to they they tried to sell him before when he didn't have such cachet in the team. You know, he hadn't worked his way in. I think that was it. The summer that they had the deal agreed with Wolves, twenty eighteen. Yeah, twenty eighteen. He, en- so he, he, he barely played. This, he ended. Yeah, he barely played before that, and he ended the season as first choice left back, and he got yeah. the number eleven shirt and got the new contract. But even if you look at the games, I'm not saying I'm not diminishing the status in the squad because he deserved that role in that summer of 2019 but I remember at the time and even the year after thinking oh yeah well he played loads that season he only became really first choice left back around the February of 2019 like earlier in the season I think that was when Guardiola was still using Dalf. that was the season when Dalf got sent off at Leicester and that was basically the end of him Um, he was using Danilo and it was only it was only around February and then obviously yeah he got the the new contract uh, and the number 11 shirt big part of the squad really important and then a year later was 2020 that pandemic summer and they were they were trying to move him on again it's been very very strange very strange but obviously now it's it's his decision for the reasons discussed i get it yeah um paul there is something to be said though about his value to city over the last few years because i mean even even last season when he he didn't play a a massive role that final day of the season turnaround doesn't happen without him coming on at half time yeah yeah plus i mean i i won't forget like the uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I won't forget like the semi-final of the Champions League against PSG. He was like crucial as well. Like on the first leg, he came in on the on the half time for Joao Cancelo, and then on the second leg, he was outstanding. Doing, I think he did an assist to Riyad Mahrez. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's a guy that probably. I mean, he's not a left back, and he's not like an elite left back, and he will never be. And probably he's not good enough to play as a centre midfielder at Man City. That's what. At the end of the day, I think that have made City realize that if he, if they got good money for him, he could leave. But um, yeah, but basically you, you 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 cannot avoid the fact that that he's been excellent, and that in terms of like money invested and the return that he has given to the team, probably is one of the best signings in City's history, maybe. It's a big oh, shout yeah, for the because yeah. yeah, he was like two million, wasn't he? And they they would he was, he was one of these emerging million. talents. Yeah, 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 one point two yeah. maybe, yeah. I got two made from somewhere. Maybe I'm just wrong. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he's one of these emerging talent signings that, you know, Palaversa or Filip Stefanovic or whatever, you never hear about again. And all of a sudden, really important team in what, three, four title winning seasons? Yeah. 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 Well, three, I guess. Phenomenal. Fair play to him. Yeah, um, Paul. How much of this uh, refresh? How much of this is, is of this move is, is is a refresh, and that City are actually going to go out and get a left back for the first time in well, I mean, since the beginning of recorded time, it feels like that they're actually going to do the business that it's said that we've that they've needed to do for so long. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it plays like a crucial role. I think that now City need a left back. Um, they wanted to do it like. Um, at the beginning of the transfer window, but like a lot of things happened in terms of um, when it looked like City was going to go to Brighton, let's say, to, to sign Cucurella, which is still the top priority. Then the Gabriel Jesus uh, deal came up 
at the at the city offices, then the Sterling deal came up, then the goalkeepers business came up, then the Nathan Ake deal came up as well. So they couldn't focus at at any point to the Kukureya deal. Um, and I feel now that probably is the one signing that is left on the planning that Man City had at the beginning at the beginning of the summer. And as far as we know, like in the coming hours, days, it's just a matter of time that City make like an official approach to to Brighton for for Marco Curella, basically. Yeah. Um, Sam, I want to bring in a question from uh, Jonathan Campbell. He says, with Zinchenko on the way out and Kukurea seemingly the replacement, where does this leave Cancelo's role moving forward? From what I've seen, he isn't as effective at right-back, but if left-back is his best position, does that mean that Kukurea will be back up or will Cancelo be demoted? Yeah, uh, it's like Phillips coming in. Rodri will play most games, Cancelo will play most games, Kukurea and Phillips uh, will be... Whether it's this season or next, you know, reliable first-team members of the squad who can come in and play. It's as simple as that, really. You know, I can't see Cancelo getting demoted. Um, it's just, it's just rotation, it's options, it's all yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, and like, and this is the, this is the reason they're buying from teams like Brighton and Leeds because those players are like, wow, yeah, Man City, let's go there. Like, like Nathan Ake two years ago, let's go there. I know I'm not going to play loads and loads, but I'll go. Great opportunity to work with Guardiola. Great move for my career. Best team in the country. Um, get paid good money, and let's see what happens. Like, what what footballer would say no to that? Whereas, obviously, you've got the other end of the spectrum where you've got like we we talked about Chiromeni before with with Phillips, who may be thinking, "Oh, I want to I want to go and play. I want to win. You know, I want to be integral to the team. I want like like Sterling going to Chelsea. I want to be integral to the team. I want to be winning yeah. the Champions League. It's a different mindset. So yeah, buying players like Kukurea, it, it doesn't mean anything massive for the squad. It's just another option coming in. Yeah. And you kind of you kind of refresh that mentality. Zinchenko exactly, had yeah. that mentality, but now you know after a while you think I need to go and play now. So Kukurea comes in maybe in two three years if he's really not playing, maybe you'll go like the Nathan Ake situation. He could have easily left because after two years he went, yeah, actually I've not played loads, and I've got this offer to go and play a lot. Now we'll talk about that in a minute. But you need to kind of refresh that mentality because after a while, if you're not playing a lot, players will get bored. But initially, you go with that enthusiasm to make a difference. And, you know, Kukurea, maybe he'll be starting in two years. Maybe he'll be leaving. Maybe yeah. somewhere in between. We'll find out. Will he, will he change much about how City play, Paul? I'm just The only thing I'm thinking is that I'm wondering if, if they're... If, if, if the setup changes slightly, there's less reliance maybe on Kyle Walker's recovery pace. There's more opportunity for, for Cancelo on the right-hand side. Yeah, maybe. I think I think I don't really agree that that the best that the best position for Cancelo is like the left back. I think that if he's in like top shape, top form, he can perform like just he doesn't care about the sides. Um, just the thing is when he's from dips, um, yeah, basically it, it, that it really dips. Yeah, yeah, it really dips exactly. Um, but no, I think that probably you have to admit that Zinjenko and Cancelo they were not like similar players because one was left footer, the other one right footer, but. They were this left back that is able to cut inside, to play like as a holding midfielder in the build-up of the game. Um, and Kukurella is just another dimension. So it's going to keep giving uh, Pep Guardiola like more and more that, that, that dimensions. Plus, like a guy in the squad with fresh hunger with a proof to point, with a point to proof, sorry. Um, which basically is what I feel that um, they want to have in a team, like these kind of guys that are just hungry to win, hungry to prove um, that they are in good shape, like in the training sessions. Plus, Kukurella is a guy that I think for what I felt, 
that he wants to make a step in his career, like going to the national team, being a regular player like in the top team. So going to City makes sense for him. Um, and yeah, basically, I think that on like dressing room matters, I'm not, I'm not saying that Dijenko was a bad guy because he was brilliant, but um, like a new left back is going to bring like this fresh hunger. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Let's touch on Nathan Ake as well before we move on, because uh, Paul, you mentioned that uh, that deal that, that looked like it was happening, and then it, it seemed really, really close to happening. Um, is there any yeah. reason why it didn't? That's a good question. I think that we're going to know more um, alongside the days. But what I've heard so far is that there was a feeling that Chelsea didn't make the final push because Man City was aware that Nathan Ake had a had a deal in place with Chelsea. Um, they were aware of that. They were Fine with that because they are not going to tie any player down to any contract. But um, Chelsea didn't make the final move. And of course, City cannot be waiting um, just for the whole market for for a deal to happen. So they decided to keep, to keep him. Um, let, let, let's see what happens. But I think it's, re- it's really good news for City. Yeah, I was going to say, Sam, this feels like a, a really good move for City because it, it, it's kind of, uh, they need the four centre-backs and yeah. like all that they'd have to do is go and replace Nathan Ake with somebody who is effectively Nathan Ake. Yeah, um, it's funny. We were we were talking about the kind of profile in on previous podcasts. And again, we've just done it now with Kukurea and Phillips and these kind of things. So yeah, they'd have to go. And I mentioned, whether it was last week or the week before, that um, Ake had to go through that adaptation process like everybody else. And like yeah. after the, well, during the second season, around Christmas time, he was like, okay, yeah, I'm ready now. But then, And obviously, if he wasn't injured at the end of the season, would have had a, a bigger role. And, you know, I'd, still, I think, maybe, given how maybe. highly people rate the other three, he wouldn't have moved far up the pecking order. It still have been fourth, but it would probably been more, you know, a better reputation among the fans. I think yeah. it's a good reputation, but he would have been better. I was going to say, maybe, the the maybe on the final day, uh, Zinchenko wouldn't have needed to come on because uh, Fernandinho wouldn't yeah, have needed yeah. to go off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. Because I, I think I think what you can say about Ake is whenever he came in this season, especially after Christmas, did a great job. Some really good goal goal line clearances which you know the, the eye-catching things but yeah did a good job and yeah if if he had have gone then it would have been another player coming in maybe they need a year to settle they don't play too much they gotta get they gotta you know work out what's going on and all that kind of stuff and when you've got that situation with another three or four already especially players in key positions like the forwards um yeah it wouldn't have been ideal but um i don't know paul if you want to talk about the player that they might have signed if, uh, if he had have gone, because yeah. I, I think it's a is more of a higher profile player than I would have expected in terms of age and yeah. stuff. It's yeah. there, but I think he's more of a higher profile, better player than I was expecting them to have moved for. 
Yeah, yeah. What what we heard basically is that Kunde was the man that City was targeting in case that Nathanake was leaving. Um, it's true that it's a higher profile than what you might expect, but um, Kunde is like in a position and Sevilla is in a position that, that, that they need to sell him. And you don't find that at every club and at every player. And you can go, and, and I'm just going to make it up, but you go to Southampton or you go to Leeds and you sign like a random player in there. And probably he would cost like a similar amount than, than Jules Kunde. And if the player was up for joining, which I think it could have been the case. Um, so wh- wh- why not? But yeah, just anyway, they, it didn't have, happen. So we, we, they would have already held talks with him because that was he was on the list when they got Diaz, wasn't he? Yeah, big, yeah, yeah. Time, actually, yeah. actually, he, um, he was like ahead of Diaz. Hmm. But in the final stages, yeah, just when they could sort out like Otamendi going to Benfica, they did like a deep scouting on Ruben Diaz, um, and they really realized that Ruben Diaz would be a guy that could really do well to the team. I think that Juan Malillo was key to that move. Yeah. Um, just on, on Ake as well, Paul, is, I, I assume Ake is, is happy with his role at City then because, uh, again, it's that it's that situation of if he had a deal agreed with Chelsea and he, and like he was wanting to go to play a bit more, he, he might not be that happy with where he is at City. Yeah, no, no. But, but that's the thing with, with, with City and with Chiki and with how City do business. I mean, they are not going to tie any player down, but they are trying to, to be honest, to be reasonable, to tell like to the players, come, look, if you want to leave, um, we, we understand it. Just bring like a fair offer for you. But if that doesn't happen, I mean, you are going to be welcome to stay here. And I think that being honest and being reasonable is a way of doing business in which Chiki has gained trust and confidence from Asians, uh, from footballers, and from everyone that surrounds him. So from what I feel, I mean, the player is not hungry uh, about the staying. Um, uh, and I think that it's basically because of that, because of the way that City operates in the market. Yeah, do you remember I was, do you remember what I was saying a few weeks ago when we heard about this? I was like, I know, I know that in January there was offers, but he didn't want to go because he really likes working for Pep and yeah. he feels he's improved and all that kind of stuff. And he was, he was one of the players. They had to kind of sit down and explain the situation to the people around him because obviously City went out of the Carabao early and they were like, look, we haven't got, a, we haven't got as many games after Christmas as we normally would have. So players in Nathan's position aren't going to have the kind of football we'd hoped for. So that was a bit of a disappointment. And obviously getting injured in the, at the end of the season was as well. But like I say, he is kind of happy where he is. So the poll saying he's not angry about staying. Absolutely. And I, I think one of the situations, this is just speculation on my part, but I reckon the fact that Chelsea were looking at so many other centre-backs, he might have thought, like, I, this is, you know, I'm, I'm on I'd be in a better situation than I'm in anyway. Yeah. Obviously, like Paul said, City couldn't wait for Chelsea to go and sign Kula Valley and maybe Koundé as well. And, and yeah, Kimpembe's the other one, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. But two out of three, and then see if they want Ake. That's, yeah, the season's starting in a couple of weeks, lads. Like, get on with it. So fair play to City, actually, for kind of drawing a line under it and saying, let's let's move on. Fair enough. Um, just uh, before, I want to talk a little bit about Raheem Sterling as well because um, yeah. things have moved on a little bit there. But first, uh, I just want to bring in this question from Daniel Spooner. Um, he says, we often hear that City are working on particular transfers at a given time, obviously putting time and resources into it, which in turn means other transfer activity is delayed. Why is this the case? Surely a club the size of any Premier League club has the resources and hours in the day to negotiate and manage multiple transfers in and out at once. Um, Paul, you mentioned this uh, earlier on about how uh, the Sterling deal and the arcade, uh, uh, everything just kept pushing back the the Kukurea thing. Um, there must be more than one person working on all of this. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't think that it happens that way uh, in the way that the question was like formulated, like in terms of City doing one deal um, at each time, because when the Gabriel Jesus deal, when the goalkeeper situation, when Raheem Sterling and, and Nathan Ake deals happened, then Gavin Bazunu and just um, Darko Giavi, all these deals were sorted like at the, at the very same time. Um, so City was kind of dealing with a lot of situations. Um, but it made that some other situation because, uh, of course, they don't have like the just like the time or just the full resources or or whatever. Well, they have the resources, but I mean, you want to do things properly, so you 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 cannot do more more than you can manage basically. But I think yeah. that city is doing um, yeah is doing quite well. Um, and in terms of like transfer activity and how they manage it and and how they handle it. Um, I think, yeah, I think that they're fine, basically. Yeah, there's been a couple of examples this summer where it seemed like it does suggest that that's the case. You know, like when Paul reeled off before all the things that cropped up to the kind of delayed career. Um, and obviously, I'd, I'd said before that they that they put all their eggs in the Haaland basket. So everything was kind of like, right, we're, we're focusing on Haaland. And then after that, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get everything sorted. But they're kind of unusual they're kind of the exception that proves the rule really um and in terms of harland they got that wrapped up by what end of march start of april and then they got phillips in terms of getting everything ducks in a row with phillips that was may um and then obviously that was completed what june i'm thinking middle of june can't remember now and with cooker yeah it would it would have been the same but all the ducks are in the row with cooker everyone knows what the, the bid's going to be everyone knows now when it's going to come and i mean i've had a message during this podcast um, yeah. Hello, what, if you're listening. The, um, it, they're, you know, they're you know they're really confident that that's going to happen as well. So ultimately, if these things, you know, it, okay, it would have been ideal to, for Kukure to be training with City now and in Houston with them. Um, but look, if he's in by the start of the season, then then all fine. And yeah, sometimes things just just loads of stuff crops up at once, and that's yeah. I guess that's what's happened. What has probably like maximized this kind of feeling probably is the fact that City wanted to sell before buying new players. But that was the thing about them balancing the numbers, them like being careful with the business, um, rather than a thing of not being in contact with players because Cucurella know since May that City is going to be interested in him. They just couldn't like uh, proceed with the formalities, with the formal offer because they had like so much going on. And you never know how this is going to pan out because if nothing I like ends up leaving, you cannot go to Kukurella like straight away because Pep needs four centre-backs. So you have to adapt yourself and just go with the flow, like they say. Um, but, but yeah, I think it's been more this 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 situation than, than a matter of City going just one case by, by one case. Yeah. Will they will they still go after Kukurella if uh, Zinchenko at the 11th hour U-turns again? That's a good question. That's a good question, and I think that would put so. things more m- m- more difficult. Actually, um, but they want a left back. I mean, they, they, yeah. they want a left back, and if they don't get it now, at some point, they are going to go after a left back. Yeah, Sam, uh, are you going to tweet the uh, city of confident thing? Because it's just a, a nice little test to see how quickly the, aggreg- the aggregators listen to the podcast. <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> um... <sighs> No, because to be fair, a lot, a lot, like the the two main city ones don't don't do it so much, do they? For that. <laughs> but the, speaking of like things getting aggregated, like I did it in a way that it couldn't really be aggregated. But I was 
I was getting shit for saying, you know, I did. I tweeted that. I replied to somebody asking where Harland was in training, and I replied with that Simpson, that Bart Simpson meme, where it's like, say the line, Bart, because Guardiola's <laughs> yeah. kind of favorite thing is saying niggles, isn't it, when somebody's out? So, and that's what it was. That, that's all he had. Like he just had a little problem that meant he wasn't training for a few days. So I was like, well, I'll do it in a light-hearted way, and I was like, let's do it in this way. Couldn't be aggregated. And if I'd have thought it was anything more serious, I'd have done a story. Like, we spoke to Paul about it. Yeah. But, like, all it was was just that. And I was like, it, it doesn't really even need reporting. But just so people know, I'll do it in this lighthearted way. And I saw been been getting shit for that because people either understood what niggles meant. Well, I guess it was just that. People must have thought even that would mean he's out for, like, even two or three weeks or something. It was just people wanted to know why Harlan wasn't training yeah but mate Alpha, Alpha City Twitter said fell off training. Alpha City Twitter fell over yesterday when um, that uh, that senator named Harlan broke her leg I saw that did you see that Paul <laughs> no there was like some tweet it was like the, was it the from Washington the Washington Post, Post yeah <laughs> it was like it was like Oh, God. So the, the tweet from the Washington Post says, uh, it is unclear the severity of Harlan's injury, where on the fibula the break occurred, or how long it may take for it to heal. And um, <laughs> the story is about uh, somebody from the Interior Department in the US, uh, Secretary Deb Harland. Oh, that is objectively Jesus. fucking hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. oh. I, I was going to quote tweet it as that's well. A good one. I just thought, I'm just, I just don't want to. I'm not being held responsible for this. People will see it in their own time <laughs> and they can have their own feelings. I'm not going to stoke these flames. Absolute lesson in reading the story before uh, before reacting. <laughs> well, the thing with a quote tweet is you don't get the, or maybe it's just because I'm using Safari rather than the app. Um, but I'm a phone. You don't get, you know, you don't get you the don't card. Get the picture. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it's just literally just says Harlan's broken, got a broken leg, basically. <laughs> oh, you would you would shit yourself, wouldn't you, Jesus? Yeah, it's uh, we can all laugh about it now afterwards, anyway. But at the time, it was terrible. Little Smith's reference for you there. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's talk Raheem Sterling very briefly because uh, he has moved to uh, to Chelsea, forty seven and a half million. Um, Sam, Chelsea see this as a bargain. Uh, presumably, City yeah. happy with the value. Yeah, yeah, for a player with one year left on their contract. I mean, ideally speaking, I don't know, but surely they'd have preferred him to have gone abroad because um, it's not great. Because it's one of those things where I think City have got good money for him. I can't quite make my mind up. If it would have been great to keep him and in an ideal world, if for him to be happy and sign a new contract and and retire at City, or they've cashed in at a good time because he's been inconsistent and frustrating for a couple of seasons, um, so I can't make my mind up on that. But I, I do think that there is a real opportunity for them to go to Chelsea with a kind of a good 
fresh frame of mind play really well. And I could I can envisage a situation in a few months where people are saying, oh, you know, City made a mistake to let him go or whatever. Because I can see him doing really well at Chelsea. But at the same time, if he had to say to City, I'm not convinced if he'd have, if he'd have played as well because it was just clear he needed a, a change of scenery. So, yeah, I think City got a good deal. And I think Chelsea got a good deal. Yeah, Paul. Yeah. I was going. I was going to say in terms of, of of the team setup. I'm as I said with Zinchenko. I'm sad, but with with Sterling, I'm sad, but I'm not sad. If that makes sense. Yeah, kind of. I, I mean, I think that it was in a, all, the the whole situation was in a position just like Sam was saying that all the parts needed like a fresh start because Sterling had missed like the most important games of last season. Um, he wanted to play them, but he wasn't like in top form probably to play them. Um, I mean, he was getting frustrated by that. And after like several years, like in the squad, probably it made sense um, to not make it too long. Sometimes it's kind of difficult to end things. But I think that uh, both parts did it like on, a, on one of the best ways possible because City got good money. I heard that they were asking like 50, more than 50 million and that would, be, that would have been like the real target for City. But yeah, 47 um it's not bad um and then i, I think that raheem sterling pr- probably he he would have preferred to go abroad i don't really know that um but if you like try to make up like the options that he had i think that chelsea was probably one of the best shots one of the best places where where he could have landed for the for the playing style for the manager they have so yeah i think it's a good move for both ends um and yeah um i can feel um, the way that you're not that sad, like with like with Dijenko, probably because Dijenko was already like expected with this team role, and Sterling was expected to be like a fundamental player. Um, but yeah, it's a matter of expectations, maybe. Yeah, that's that's probably not a not a bad way to put it. Um, <laughs> in terms of of kind of next season, Sam, um, a little part of me. It's a little bit worried that City are going into this a bit undercooked. Do you know what I mean? In terms of options. Mm, yeah, well, I mean, I said before, ages ago when we were just speculating about Jesus and Sterling going that they'd be missing that kind of dynamism on the right wing. But um, they've missed a striker. They've missed a left back. You know, they missed that Mendy kind of dynamism on the left and they just did it a different way. Um, we, You know, we've been working on an article about Julian Alvarez and the more, I mean, look, he is going to need time to adapt, I'm sure. But the more I hear about him, the more excited I am. And I'd love I'd love there to be a time when he plays off Haaland. So whether he's playing off the wing and it just ends up coming inside and, you know, somebody like De Bruyne or Bernardo drifts out to the right and covers that space. You know, the million different ways that City can do it. Yeah. I'd love to see Haaland and Alvarez play together. And then all of a sudden you're not worried about no dynamism on the, on the right because you've just got just two absolute animals of different statures. Um, tearing it up through the middle so yeah on the one hand I I do think that but on the other I think you know, City have kind of coped with these setbacks before and um, and they'll be fine and in terms of options in midfield look if Bernardo goes panic stations but if not carry on yeah I do I, I do wonder if part of me is I, I, saw, I think I saw you tweet Sam about um, uh, like part of you thinks that Sterling would have thrived with Haaland in the middle if he was playing on the right yeah, hand side. I think, side. I think, I think I, I, I'm in the same position. I, that's that's I think that's where my my kind of little niggly worry comes from. 
Yeah, um, obviously that was just like completely unrealistic. And I guess the f- one of the biggest factors, apart from what Sterling wanted, was that Guardiola never really seemed to use him on the right anyway. Um, so yeah, I guess that was never really going to happen. Um, but yeah, I suppose in our kind of outside football managery kind of way, it was, oh yeah, just play Sterling on the right-hand side and he'll be great again and set up loads of goals for Haaland and it gives City width and blah, blah, blah and all this. Um, so yeah, it feels like that's been lost. But um, and look, it's always difficult to know because I suppose, again, these things don't come down to who you support, really. Uh, it's just more about what you like as a person. Right? Yeah. If you if you worry more or you're more optimistic or whatever. Um, and as far as I you know, because there's no way of analyzing this. There's no way of knowing what the future is going to be. But for the purposes of speaking on a podcast, I'll I'll give the benefit of the doubt to you know Guardiola and the coaching staff <laughs> who, who have who have got these who have got these decisions right in the past. I suppose another question mark is with that one Marleo there. You know, will what kind of assistant will Enzo Maresca be to Guardiola? You know, will will he kind of challenge him and push him and be a reassuring? figure for Guardiola in the way Juan Marleo was or you know is it just going to be you know he had Dominic Torrent for 10 years then he left and then he got Arteta and that was great and then he got Leo and that was great you know will it just will it just keep rolling and I suppose the evidence suggests that everything will keep rolling but yeah I mean these are little question marks going into the season but I don't think anybody else is any better better off in terms of chances of winning the league title um yeah. you know Liverpool are about the same as they were before and and you'd have to say at the worst, City would be as good as they were last season. Yeah, I um, but just with Harland in, most likely better. Yeah, just uh, just thinking of a of a clip I posted of uh, of me playing FIFA on Twitter a few uh, a few weeks ago uh, when I, I, it was just a little light hearted thing, and I had loads of replies. People saying you play Mares on the left. Why do you do that? And it's simply because I can't cross the ball when I have my wingers inverted. So. Uh, Mares plays okay. on the left in my in my FIFA team, so uh, not a thing Guardiola would ever consider doing. Um, no, I'd quite like to see it. It would it would be a bit like a fish out of water, wouldn't it? Yeah, just just wouldn't happen. Um, I remember. Sorry, this is a United reference, and I, I did toy with whether to say it or not. But I remember going to a United game years ago, and like Gary Neville had come back from like a long injury or something, and obviously he played right back. Um, and I can't, but he ended up coming on in like midfield or something for like the last <laughs> 10 minutes in the game. And he showed somebody, I can't remember if he showed them inside or outside, but he showed them the way he would normally do it right back. But because he was in the middle of the pitch, the guy just <laughs> ran into loads of space. And you can just imagine Mares trying to cut onto his left and like running the ball out of the play on the left or something because he's just not used to it. Yeah, just no space there. Um, I, I, part of me as well, Paul, wonders is um, I was going to ask if this transfer is the sort of thing that uh, is needed to just reboot a team sometimes. It's, you know, keep it all fresh. And one of those situations where um, City wouldn't have been unhappy to keep him, Sterling wouldn't have been a bad option next season. But in for the sake of the team, you kind of ship someone out who maybe isn't quite ready to leave just yet, but you, you do it and kind of move things on, give it a bit of a jolt a bit early. Um, and then it got me thinking, actually, maybe maybe City have already moved on from Sterling, even though he's been in the team. Well, he's, he's been there and available for the last couple of seasons because when push has come to shove at the end of the season, he's not been in the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I, I think that, that at the end of the season, as I was saying, I mean, all the parts were like quite aware of which was the situation and that probably like a fresh new start would have been like a good option for, for both sides. But I think that... Um, City and Sterling's camp were cautious because they wanted to know which were the options. Um, of course, Sterling is a player that he, he's not going to just any random place. He, he has to find like a good project and a good club to go. Um, and I think that until they realized that he had Chelsea and that Chelsea was a 
good place to be for him. Um, they didn't like activate everything, but deep, but deep inside both ends, I think that things were like quite sorted. Yeah. Um, just a, a final word on the whole thing, Sam. Um, what was all that not shine, not signing the shirt nonsense? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, again, I suppose this is kind of people have taken a view on this depending on what they've thought about Sterling already maybe. Some people are annoyed about it. Some people are like, well, you know, it's obviously a, he's a Chelsea player now. He can't do it. I've seen, I don't know. But so there's you know, there's a lot of noise around it. And, you know, the, the places you get information from on these things are, it's always like, oh, yeah, it was, all, it was all very amicable. And there's a great relationship between all parties and all this. But I, I don't know. I think I think there was a bit of, I'm not saying it was like a massively acrimonious divorce Split. or whatever. Yeah. But I think there was a bit, there was a bit of, um, it, it wasn't it would it didn't i it didn't end ideally um i don't but at the same time from what i know of that i wouldn't say that sterling hates the club that much that he wouldn't sign a shirt i'm not saying that he was that pissed off with it that he wouldn't do it i couldn't i couldn't tell you that, that, that that's what contributed to it um but it, it it was a bit less amicable than it is made out um but not sh- signing the shirt look quite simply I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm not him. I don't know his reasons for doing it. Um, people have obviously decided it was either a good thing or a bad thing based on what they think about him already. Um, but yeah, they, obviously the, the, he wanted to go and he wanted to go, you know, like a year ago. So it's been it's been coming. So if he if he didn't, let's just say if he didn't want to sign it because um, because he was a bit pissed off with how things ended or the last year or so, you'd have to say it was understandable. Um, but um, and but maybe over the course of time, you know, he's, he'll look he'll look back. He'll love you know he'll love his time at City, and that statement he released, you know, I'm, I'm sure was absolutely genuine. Yeah. Um, but you know, maybe if there was a problem, it's just a kind of heat at the moment, like just just happened thing. But uh, I'm sure he wouldn't have any he wouldn't have any problems in in Manchester in the future, and he, I don't think he'll ever say a bad word about about his time at the club certainly not publicly but i'd be surprised privately really because you know he's had he's had some great years at city hasn't he so yeah and we don't know the full story it could quite easily have been uh what's your name mate oh yeah can you just sign it to ebay that's the thing so, uh... <laughs> yeah exactly that's why i couldn't <laughs> yeah. that's why I, I wouldn't i wouldn't dare suggest a motive for it even if even if things weren't ideal yeah just because it, who knows like there's no way anybody anybody could know you'd have to you'd have to ask him even 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 the the kid there with the shirt, unless he said make it out to uh, Mike Ashley or something, so he could put it in Sports <laughs> Direct. Um, you'd never know, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's finish with uh, a final final word on uh, a few incomings. We've talked about Kukurea quite a lot, so uh, we won't carry on with that. But uh, Neymar, Paul, where did that come from? What what on earth is that all about? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I mean. It wouldn't surprise me that some like agents or intermediaries like just suggested to City that he would be a doable option. Um, I wouldn't be surprised by that. But I mean, it's it's never been an option for City. It's never been an option. They have never contemplated the the possibility of signing Neymar or basically like any other winger. I think that in the in the last weeks at City offices um, on the first team building. There wasn't the discussion of uh, of adding like a new winger or an, or an attacking player. I think that most of the most of the efforts were focused on a potentially new centre back in case Nathanaeke was leaving or in a new left back, basically. But yeah, Neymar just I guess that Reddit stuff. <laughs> yeah, just uh, like for me, Sam just does not fit the profile of a of a City player at all, does he? 
I don't see. I, yeah, instinctively you'd say no. I'm trying to think. Is there a? Oh, people have been saying that about Haaland as well because they're just thinking. Um, oh, Ronaldo, Ronaldo. Yeah, obviously. Cristiano Ronaldo. Last Ronaldo's season. the main yeah, one. Yeah. Um, Ronaldo's the main one. No, it doesn't strike me as it. I mean, I yeah, and I, I look. I guess the fact that that there's there was a story today, wasn't there, that he was offered to City. Yeah. Um, and City said no. Um, yeah. Which you know, if that is true. Because we we knew there was you know they they, they weren't going to sign Neymar. Yeah. I, I think I can speak for both of us here and say we did, we didn't know that there was some kind of of offer, but it makes sense. Um, but obviously, if City did say no, then yeah, it goes into what you were saying, really. Or the other the other side of it is they've obviously been so careful with finances this summer, they weren't going to go and drop what would PSG even want? Like at least hundred yeah. million, probably. Yeah. Nah. I, I just don't think they're in a position to do that. Yeah, but I don't think it's. It's m- more than the price that that, that PSG would have, would have asked. It's like the salary as well. I mean, City's yeah, yeah, not yeah. paying that kind of money. So, so yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Like it basically, in, in all senses, it doesn't really tick the box. Maybe, maybe like in an alternative universe, I could see Guardiola, or like maybe not saying it publicly, but privately, Guardiola being like, "Yeah, he's, he's a fucking brilliant player." Yeah, maybe yeah. that, maybe that, but the rest of it doesn't add up. But maybe, maybe by the same token, they just think we we don't we don't want this kind of. Yeah. shit show possibly but no it's just I, the funny thing is there's a big difference between he was offered to City and City said no and some of the stuff that's been suggested about you know big things are brewing City are planning this etc etc yeah. et like just, just just not just not just not on the cards and look I'm always so careful with these things because you just think I'm the 0.01% chance of it going of Neymar actually signing for City that's, that's the end of you basically if you say stuff like that but no I'm not expecting that one yeah. Um, very last word for this week's show. Um, the phrase Nordic Meat Shield. Um, it, <laughs> it genuinely sounds like one of those nicknames you get by taking the first letter of your first name, birthday, and last letter, like first letter of the street that you grew up on, you know, on those internet things. <laughs> um, I, I've never seen anything like that video, uh, but I just had to, I had to comment yeah. on the phrase Nordic Meat Shield. I just, I don't know. It's, it's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Yeah, good preseason content. You know, City always do stuff that's a bit weird, and maybe during the season when it's serious business. And look, the thing is, especially the thing I've noticed covering City is when I do my stupid jokes or whatever. If City are winning or have won, <laughs> then you can you can say whatever you want. But I realize when I had that big problem with a load of fans earlier in the, the in the season last season when I was saying like, do you ever get you know caught up on one side or the other you know people saying the club are horrible and people saying the club never do anything wrong that kind of thing when that all kicked off i, I realized it was like two or three days after they lost to spurs which was the fucking worst time to ever kind of have that kind of conversation because <laughs> whenever things don't go right for city fans now there's a lot of people are very on edge for for a few days until the next game and then normally they get to put right but yeah th- but this pre-season when it doesn't really matter absolutely perfect time to do that it's just it's just mad that they kind of subject, subjected these millionaire athletes who they protect so much to something that they weren't expecting and weird like that. Like, I feel like a quirky guy stood in like a smoking jacket outside the training ground is probably as out of the comfort zone as it's gonna, ever going to get <laughs> for those City players on like club-sanctioned media. Because other than that, anything too wild it's absolutely not happening. It has to go through a million sign-offs. Oh, and Gabriel Jesus got up to the roof of the, of the Emirates to do that unveiling thing. I was like, yeah. that must have taken forever to get that signed off. Yeah. Um, Insur- insurers yeah, having uh, nightmares in the in the background. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But no, it was good, good, good little content. That I did, I did watch that video, and it was quite funny. The meat, the meat shield one, kind of, it was different, wasn't it? To all the rest. Yeah. Um, yeah. It kind of stood out as especially weird. But yeah. no, I, I'll, I'll Google who that guy was and. 
and good luck to him. Yeah, fair play to him. Um, Paul, have you ever noticed how, how uh, perfectly symmetrical Jack Grealish's face is? Yeah, I mean, his reaction, I mean, is amazing. I mean, just just how stunned he is by what he heard. I mean, it's, it's kind of beautiful to see, actually. It was the same for Cole Palmer as well, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, he, well, he did not. He did not give a shit what, what, yeah, what that guy said. Yeah, I don't Paul know if he knew what the fuck was going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, he he he, he just didn't care. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just didn't care. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure Palmer's heard loads of stuff on the streets yeah. of Withenshaw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was. Just, uh, just, I was just add that to the list. I was trying, trying desperately uh, while I was sat in the office at work today to think of something to, that that of, of a way to describe you two, um, but I just, I, I was just, I've just not got that comic genius, so I haven't it'd got anything. It just, it just say I'm the, I'm the same as what he said to Ake, wouldn't he? I th- I'd have thought. <sighs> Absolute <laughs> silence. I, I mean, that was that was the intended reaction. But, yeah. <laughs> Good. Anyway, uh, see you next week. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think we better end it there. Uh, that's the end of this week's Wire Whistles. Thank you to Sam Lee if he's still around. No, yes, gone. hello. No, yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Cheers. See you later. And to Paul Byers. Uh, it's been a pleasure, guys. See ya. Don't forget, you can sign up to the Athletic right now for one pound a month for six months. Just use the code Man City Pod. The Athletic. <laughs>